Hey, what's good, fam? It's Kyle Henderson of BamaInsider.com coming to you from beautiful Tuscaloosa, Alabama. I appreciate you guys joining us. The call in line is 205-850-0883. I'll connect that in just a few minutes. Um, I want to talk about a variety of topics today. And at first, just kind of to open up the show, um, let me know where you guys are coming from inside the comment box. I always appreciate to kind of check out where you guys are coming from. I wanted to go over this and we talked about this uh, last night. And this is just kind of comparing the top four teams in college football. And everybody's kind of seeing what's going on right now with the Big Ten and kind of rearranging the rules so that Ohio State uh, can make the Big Ten championship game and then thus try to qualify for uh, the college football playoff. So as you see right here, and we talked about this a lot last night with Mick Gillespie, kind of just overall top four comparison. And think about it like this. I mean, Alabama is set to play their 10th regular season game of the entire season. As you can see, Notre Dame has already played 10 games. Clemson's played uh, 10 games as well. And then once those teams do play in the ACC championship game, they'll be they'll end their regular season um, with 11 games, right? And, and same with the Alabama Crimson Tide. And then you kind of look to the far right and you see that Ohio State, um, which is five games, and then they're, if they're able to get into the Big Ten Championship game, which they're obviously going to do, um, they'll be, uh, you know, hypothetically, if they if they do beat Northwestern, they'll be 6-0 and trying to knock on that playoff door. Let me know, do you think there's any opportunity, any chance that, um, you know, they, that they can't get uh, into the playoffs? Do you think somehow, some way that uh, the college football playoff committee says, nope, you're, you're not getting in. I don't think so. So um, we, we talked about it a bunch. I mean, they have high odds, high percentage to get into the college football playoffs, and uh, we'll just see what happens. But tonight to open the show, and um, I'll take your guys' calls in just a minute, I wanted to kind of go over uh, some player grades, right? So I always like to talk about the player grades on the show, and I had actually... Um, I want to bring up this quick graphic kind of just to open up uh, the overall uh, grades because I think snap counts paints a very good picture about uh, what you're seeing on the screen right now is the snap counts for the Alabama Crimson Tide freshman on the offensive side of the ball. Okay, so stay with me. What I've done is I've highlighted uh, the players' names with a star asterisk on the left, right? So Bryce Young, as you can see, um, and then the what's kind of boarded out in the red text. That's the snap counts that the players have played in. So you have Bryce Young. Um, he's played in 95 snaps. That's Now that's the most out of any freshman on the offensive side of the ball. Of course, a lot of the upperclassmen are getting the reps on the offense for the Alabama Crimson Tide. Call online number is open, by the way. See the bottom of the screen. Uh, Javon Baker actually has 76 snaps, and he's second from the offensive side. I'll show the defense in just a second. We also have uh, Treshawn Holden. He's played in 29 snaps. Javon Cohen, 23 snaps. Jace McQuellen. And what a season he's had, right? In just 22 snaps, he's really shown what he's going to bring to the table. In just 22 snaps, it's pretty incredible what he's already done in that short time. And then Damian George, who's played in 18 snaps. Um, let me show you the defensive uh, snaps for the freshmen. And this is just the freshmen. I, and it's not all the freshmen. I'm kind of just highlighting the players that have played the most um, throughout this season. Let me see if I can enlarge the screen real quick. All right, so up at the top, you got Malachi Moore. And look at the amount of plays that Malachi Moore ha has been involved in this season. I mean, uh, 595 snaps overall, which is pretty incredible. You also have William Anderson, 434 snaps, which is just uh, phenomenal for these two freshmen, right? These guys are getting serious playing time. You also have Brian Branch um, down at the bottom of your screen with 113 snaps. And then you have Tim Smith with 93 snaps. And then you have Jamil Burrows with 43 snaps uh, as well in um, this season. I mean, it it's pretty remarkable to see kind of the season that Malachi Morris put together 
as just a, a freshman at Alabama, right? I mean, you look at everything that uh, you have to bring to the table as a, a player on the defensive side of the ball in Malachi Moore, William Anderson, certainly getting tons of reps for uh, the Alabama Crimson side. Let's go over uh, the offensive grades overall for this last game against LSU. Thank you very much for joining me. Hit the thumbs up button, uh, like, and subscribe. What's up, Jonathan? I see you checking in. I appreciate it. Uh, what's up, Tommy? We appreciate you uh, joining in. Uh, Robin as well. I appreciate you guys all joining the show tonight. Definitely hit the thumbs up button, like, and subscribe. The thumbs up goes a long way, so uh, we appreciate it. Um, let me enlarge this for you guys so you guys can take a better look. What we're looking at right now is the overall grades against LSU. And if you're new to kind of the pro football focus grades, and I'll take I'll take our calls in just a minute, so just kind of stand by. Uh, we'll get you on uh, in just a second, Tommy. You're looking at the overall grades against LSU. So the on the far left is the player's name, right? So Evan Neal, let's just go for the top row. Let's go Evan Neal. And then you see he's number 73. Uh, the star indicates that the player did start in that particular game. And then the position was a right tackle right during that game. 65 total snaps. And then you see that his, and let's move to the far right, 87.4 grade out overall. Pretty incredible, right? And, and I've explained this before, but I'll say it again. When you look at, for example, don't look at this as like grades in school. For example, an 80 would be amazing. A 90 would be like phenomenal. And, you know, the 40s and the 50s, those are kind of the below average, but they're not completely failing. So when you look at the bottom, Slade Bolden, 40.7, you know, it's it's below average. And I think, you know, I think Slade Bolden, you know, he certainly needs to improve. He's a guy that we've talked about that we want to see improve. Look at Emilio Ikior, 78.2. Alex Otherwood, 62.1. I think he did allow a sack on the night. Landon Dickerson, 82.3, playing at a very high level. Deontay Brown, 55.5. All those offensive linemen, right? The real catalyst to Alabama's overall success. And even Sam Pittman, uh, the head football coach for Arkansas, said today, if he had to vote for the Heisman Trophy, he'd vote for the Alabama offensive line. Devontae Smith with a grade out of 93.1, just incredible. And then Mac Jones with a grade out of 90. 2.4, 2.4, Najee Harris, 79.3, and then Jalil Billingsley at 76.7. Let me get you the defensive uh, grades against uh, Arkansas. I'm sorry, against LSU. Um, put those on the screen right now. Get to my callers in just a second. Thanks for joining us. Definitely hit the thumbs up, like, and subscribe. We appreciate you guys being here tonight on Bama Insider. Just uploaded Nick Saban's press conference uh, to our YouTube channel. Jordan Battle, um, up at the top of your screen. Strong safety, 74.8 grayed out. Patrick Sartan, uh, 74.1. Highest graded player was Chris Allen, 90.6. And how about that? He's a homecoming, kind of going back to Baton Rouge, where he's from, and grading out very high. Um, pretty uh, pretty incredible. And then at the bottom of your screen, the highest player within 27 snaps. Now, it's not a lot of snaps. So it's not a lot of uh, data points to work with, but Christian Barmore at uh, 88.0, uh, right behind uh, Chris Allen. So, I mean, those guys certainly playing at a very high level. And as we talked about before, William Anderson, uh, Malachi Moore, those guys, just freshmen, um, playing at a very, very high level uh, for the Alabama Crimson side. We're going to go to the phone lines uh, right now. And, um, hey, what's up, Chris? Thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Uh, Benny, hey, what's going on? Appreciate it. Definitely hit the thumbs up, like, and subscribe. Uh, thumbs up goes a long way right here on Bama Insider. Uh, we'll take our first call uh, from Tommy. Wants to talk about um, Alabama, Florida, looks like. What's going on, Kyle? What's up, Tommy? Thanks for joining the show. I appreciate what's, it. What's going on, brother? Roll Tide. Roll Tide to you, man. 
Hey, uh, I want to ask you one question about something. Um, is that kid Kuei McKinster? Is he still committed to Alabama? You know. Yes, and um, for everybody wondering about Jaquincy McKinstry, he's the number one player in the state of Alabama out of Pinson Valley. Uh, just won a state championship for his high school. We have highlights of him. Go to Bama Insider. We have highlights of him from the Alabama Mississippi All Star Game, uh, playing a defensive back. He's a, a very dynamic corner, and of course, we'll talk about him more uh, next Wednesday. But yeah, he definitely is still committed to Alabama Crimson Tide, hoping to sign for for him to sign next Wednesday. Because I heard a lot of Auburn fans rumor that he was going to go to Auburn for Bo Nix. That's what I was asking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think, you know, kind of towards the end of his recruitment, it was down to Alabama and Auburn. I know LSU, he was yeah. kind of in the mix as well. But, um, you know, I kind yeah. of think in the end that um, he felt that Alabama was the best fit for him. And Alabama needs corners. You know, we can kind of look at Patrick yes, Sertan and uh, Josh Job. I mean, you know, it, it's time that Alabama starts getting some corners on board. So Jaquincy is definitely one of them. What else you got, Tommy? Um, I want to talk about the Florida. Do you think Alabama could, could prep? To put pressure on Kyle Trask next Saturday in Atlanta in the AFC Championship game. Yeah. Um I think so. I mean, today uh, I was listening to the SEC teleconference, um, like I always play um on um on Wednesday, and Kirby Smart actually was asked about the difference between Alabama and Georgia's offense, right? And he was like, um, look, I, I really don't want to talk about it because I'm, I'm focusing on Missouri, <laughs> right? But I, yeah. I think that what he said is they're very different offenses, and I completely agree with it, and I tweeted out this. I said, look, the difference between Alabama's offense and Florida's offense is that Florida's offense is one-dimensional, whereas Alabama, they're a quick-strike, balanced attack. You look at what Najee Harris has done, Devontae Smith, Mac Jones, offensive line, and I think you bring up a great point. When Alabama gets pressure after the quarterback. You see that defense play at a very high level. Actually, while I have you um, on, let me actually bring up Kyle Trask, um, his pro football focus numbers, because I think you can uh, see during the third game of the season against Texas A&M in a game that they lost, Kyle Trask, his pro football focus grade was 54.2. So, you know, I have to go back and kind of watch that and see what Texas A&M did. Um, but that's their only loss, as you know. And and I think certainly if Christian Barmore, William Anderson, if they're able to get heat against Kyle Trask, and we saw a lot of heat going against TJ Finley during LSU from the blitz packages, which I like from the corner, from the safety. And if they can do that, I think Alabama <laughs> certainly takes it to Florida. Okay. One more question before I hang out with you, Kyle. I'm sorry to keep you long, brother. but uh. My my head coach at Oxford, you know Oxford High School, you know I help out with football too. He's the defense defensive coordinator for the game for Alabama and Mississippi State All Star game. I was wondering, is that going to be on TV? I would assume so. Um, I'll, I'll I'll get with Andrew and um, kind of you know we'll tweet yeah. it out or put it on Bama yeah. Insider. But um, there's plenty of highlights. We we have highlights from practice. So go, just go to Bama Insider and you can check out kind of the latest. We have highlights of Anquin Barnes who looks fantastic. Uh, Kadarius Callaway who's out of you know uh, Mississippi. He looks great. Uh, but Anquin Barnes, I'm telling you, he's only a three star. Kid looks phenomenal. And then of course Jaquincy and uh, yeah. uh, Ian Jackson and you know all those other guys from the <laughs> roster. I mean the it, they're pretty yeah. loaded down there. Yeah. <laughs> yes. All right, brother. I appreciate it. Roll Tide. All right. Roll Tide to you, man. Thank you so much. I appreciate All the right. call. Hi, right, buddy. All right. Bye-bye. That was uh, Tommy out in uh, – Tommy from Leeds, um, you know, talking about, you know, kind of a variety, but really kind of hitting on 
the fact that Alabama, some of these guys are playing in the all-star game between Alabama and Mississippi. I love it uh, because you get the best from Alabama, best from Mississippi. Um, currently, they're in Montgomery, Alabama. We have Rivals.com uh, down in Montgomery sending us footage of, uh, you know, Jaquincy um, and Quinn Barnes. I'm telling you, you got, once you guys see the footage, and we'll have B-roll for you shortly on Bama Insider, you guys will be blown away with the footage of Anquin Barnes. So uh, definitely hit the thumbs up. Uh, we appreciate it. Like and subscribe. Big Buck, what's going on? I see you. Uh, we appreciate it. Liam, what's up? We talked uh, recruiting Tuesday night. Um, and check this out. I was talking with Andrew earlier today, kind of game planning for next Wednesday. And we'll get to our next call in just a second. The amount of players that are expected to sign next Wednesday could be around 22, 23 players to sign. Think about that. It's incredible. I was talking with a buddy of mine uh, today. He was talking about kind of Florida State and the trajectory of their program. I mean, remember just a couple years ago, Alabama and Florida State, that was like number one, number three. First, when, when they played each other in, in um, you know, the season opener, now to see what uh, Florida State has become, I think they're only signing six guys after, you know, kind of the train wreck that they've been going through. It's pretty, pretty incredible. Um, we will take our next call uh, in three, two, one. We got Jarek uh, from Buffalo. Jarek, what's up, my man? What's going on, Kyle? Listen, I'm, I'm just going to start with this first, man. I'm glad that we're friends now because I know that Monday, I know that Monday, you know, you were my enemy for that day. So I'm, I'm glad that we're friends again. What Jarek's what Jarek's talking about. So, you know, you know, I've known Jarek for quite some time. I think he's like a two year caller, maybe longer than that. You know, a lot of it. So you're, you're starting to see a lot of these college calling shows kind of pop up, right? Um, I've mm -hmm. been doing this. This is my third year doing it. And I was looking at, uh, you know, from three years ago when I was doing it, man, we've certainly improved the technology, the lighting, the audio, and we've come a long way. But what Jarek is talking about, as you know, Jarek is our, our uh, faithful caller from Buffalo. He's a Buffalo Bills fan. If you follow my shows, I'm a 49er fan. The two teams met um, a couple nights ago, and, um, you know, we exchanged some texts. Jarek had the last text. I went to bed out of – I wasn't frustrated. Look, the 49ers aren't even playing from their – you know, they're, they're playing in Arizona, my goodness. But, uh, yeah, Jarek, oh, yeah. I, I appreciate you calling in. And, of course, man, we're good, man. Buffalo, credit to the Bills. Yeah, I, 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 I'm going to be honest. I thought that that game that – it was probably going to go down to the wire. I mean, normally we just dominate the first half and then we just let the other team come back in the second <laughs> half. And, you know, then it's just, it's just, it's just game on. And last time in Arizona, we lost to a Hail Mary because of that. But uh, just talking about, some, just, just talk about Alabama football real quick. Um, you know, I think that this Arkansas game, this Arkansas football team, they're tough, man. That's a, that's a, a very tough physical football team. They play with a lot of hard work and effort. So I don't think that, you know, do I think Alabama's going to cruise by this game? Yeah, I think Alabama's going to cruise by, but I think it's going to, you know, pretty much put a challenge in Alabama as far as facing that 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 toughness. Uh, we kind of haven't really faced that since. Yeah, when, when was the last time we? I don't know. I actually don't remember. I actually really don't remember the last time because it seems like every team we play against, all of a sudden the second half kind of gives. And I would say Mississippi State. Mississippi State play with a lot of effort. They play with a lot of effort and toughness. So I think we're going to get that. I think Arkansas just a little bit better. We've normally seen Arkansas compete with every team in the SEC that they've gone against. So that's a, that's a pretty interesting game. They got some players here and there that, that can definitely you know, go out there and, and give us uh, a new look and, and, and give us challenges that we've never gone against before. And I'm excited to watch that game. Yeah, we're on the line right now with uh, Jarek from Buffalo. Call line is open. Uh, you can see the bottom of the screen, 205-850-0883 uh, if you want to call and get uh, – 
Kimberly's saying uh, 70 to 5. <laughs> I like it, Kimberly. <laughs> um, Jerick, I, I look at this matchup, and one thing steps, stands out to me, okay? Maybe two things. Number one, I honestly have a lot of respect for Sam Pittman. I, I like the way he talks, um, doesn't BS around. I mean, kind of gets straight to the point. He knows what he's taking over at Arkansas. You look at the schedule that they've had. Um, but I look at the fact that their defense, they're better than people think. And you kind of look at uh, that matchup against, I think it was Mississippi State kind of earlier in the year. Um, or was it against Ole Miss where they forced like, was it five interceptions on Matt Corral or something like that? It was something ridiculous like that. So they, they'll have it a was, game. It was around like four or five turnovers. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So so their defense, I think, will somehow play inspired just because of the fact that they know that they can ruin uh, Alabama's perfect season. They're not going to stop Alabama, you know, from uh, reaching the playoffs, in my opinion. But you never know. You're on the road. You got to avoid these trap games. I mean, nobody even wants to talk about this Arkansas game besides you. They just want to talk about Alabama, Florida. I know that Nick Saban will have them dialed in. A couple key stats going into this game. Alabama is a 31-point favorite. Alabama is riding a 12-game win streak. Um, Saban is 13-0. Uh, so I guess, um, you know, at, versus Arkansas while coaching at Alabama. So they must be on a 13-game win streak. Um, Arkansas has not beaten Alabama since 2006. So, you know, kind of a lot of particulars going in this way. And, you know, we've seen uh, even, you know, Pittman said today that, um, Philippa Franks is questionable for this weekend. I, I feel that he'll play, uh, but Alabama certainly a 31 point favorite going into this game, which, um, you know, I, I think could be a trap game, but Nick Saban does such a great job uh, getting these guys up. And one of the things he does is get them to play to the level of themselves as opposed to the competition. Yeah. And, and it's not like this is like a perfect uh, Alabama football team. There's a lot of things that this football team needs to uh, improve on. So I don't think that uh, at least for this certain time, um, that Nick Saban is, is going to let these players off. I don't think that, you know, I think the leadership for what we've seen before, even when Nick Saban was, wasn't there because he was off because of COVID, we've seen that this football team um, pretty much has what it takes to kind of lead themselves. Um, by example, I, I think that, uh, you know, guys like Dylan Moses and Mac Jones and Nigel Harris, and Bonte, but I think that this, this team at this, at this point of the season for what we've seen so far um, has matured. The maturity level in this football team compared to what we've seen from the beginning of the season is it, it's a it's a huge difference. So I don't think that this is one of those games that we're going to let uh, Arkansas uh, potentially upset. I don't think this is going to be another Ole Miss. Um, I think Alabama knows that this is a very very physical football team. I mean Arkansas competed with Florida. I mean you know Florida won that game, whatever. But they they they're they're a, they're a competitive very tough football team, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I'm most impressed by their offensive line. I, you know, from what we see from Arkansas's offensive line, I, that, that's the one thing that Sam Pittman said when he first got in there is that one of the first things that was asked is, you know, you're, you're arguably the best offensive line head coach in the country. What are you going to do about this offensive line? Said, no, we're going to, we're going to go in here. We're going to make them tough. First thing we're going to do. And Arkansas is, is extremely tough on the offensive line. I love the effort and, and, and fight that they got on the defensive side of the ball. Now, personnel-wise, Bama, Florida, you know, Georgia, those teams, they, of course, we, we all know that they're, uh, uh, we all know they're better. But, you know, Arkansas, if we're, if we're recapping at least their year so far, it's just been, it's just been shock. It's been, it's been, it's been surprised, uh, surprisingly uh, well of how good this Arkansas team has performed because they haven't been blown out a lot. I mean, they've competed on almost every single game that they've played so far in the schedule. So, yeah, Alabama will not take this game lightly. Now, I, I hate to do this because I just said that nobody wants to talk about Alabama and Arkansas, but I mean, the game is going to take place between Alabama and Florida. So we might as well dive oh, into yeah. it, Jerick, while I have you on the line. 
Um, Alabama and Florida will be the sixth meeting between the two for the SEC title since 1999. Alabama riding a six-game win streak against the Gators. Kyle Trask, uh, 230 at 322 for 3,200 yards, 38 touchdowns, three interceptions. Does Florida have the defense to stop Alabama? That's kind of the question that I have. Uh, thank you very much, Big Buck, for the super chat. I appreciate you bringing it. Um, tonight but you know kind of when we turn the page to Alabama and Florida um what are kind of uh what are the key storylines that you're looking at between besides just Kyle Trask versus Mac Jones Daniel Wright versus Kyle Pitts Ooh, you know is Daniel Wright finally, is, is Daniel Wright <laughs> finally not gonna have a busted coverage assignment for once I mean I just I mean listen I'm I, I want DeMarco Helms to start I think DeMarco Helms is the better player I think for what we've seen um them both in the football field but we have seen Daniel Wright make plays. We've seen Daniel Wright give up a long touchdown, but then he'll come back and he'll have a, a forced fumble or he'll make a play, uh, maybe not make the sack, but he'll, he's the one that causes the plays and causes that disruption. So Daniel Wright on, you know, in coverage assignments, especially when you're in, especially because they're, they're going to do it. Kyle Pitts, they normally match Kyle Pitts on the outside a lot. Um, Florida, for the most part, they run a lot of 11, 12 man personnel. Um, it, it, it's the closest thing to Mississippi State. Florida has a Mississippi State offense. They don't run the football at all because they don't. Their offensive line is not really good at, at run block at, at run blocking. And I don't think Florida and Denimo is going to change. They run a lot of bubble screens and uh, bubble screens and, and screen plays, and they'll they'll do a lot of things to trick you. It's a very it's a very fun and interesting offense because we really haven't seen that much. I, I think this is a, a completely different offense that Alabama has seen. Um, it requires a lot of discipline, though, and that's just going back to the Daniel Wright references. You know, we have lost discipline sometimes in the secondary with Daniel Wright specifically. Uh, so I want to see Alabama play more discipline. They get, the communication has to be key. You cannot beat Florida, uh, when, and, 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 you know, especially with the way that the communication is. You, the, the communication needs to be on – it needs to be on, on high alert. We need to communicate in the back end of our secondary. We need to get pressure on the quarterback. Now, what Alabama has done is that, you know, like you referenced, we've, we've done a lot of exotic blitzes. We, we've sent the house. We have found creative ways to get to the quarterback without really having a, a four-minute front, right? This is not the 2015, 2016-hour uh, in the defense where you can, just, you can just play. You can just rush four. You don't even have to blitz. Just rush four. Um, but we found creative ways to do it. It's interesting because because Florida likes to run, you know, they like to run five, six man receiving front. So, you know, um, I'm very curious that that's one of the storylines I'm very interested in is, you know, Daniel Wright against Kyle Pitts. I'm very interested in seeing uh, Kadarius uh, Tony going against Melakai Moore, especially when they like to give Kadarius Tony a, a lot of screens. Uh, and, you know, especially because Melakai Moore is more of a, is more of that star player. Is he, is he going to be the type of player that's going to make a lot of disruptions when it comes to those key plays? Uh, and I'm interested in the third, in the third down situation. Man, Florida is one of the best teams when it comes to third down convergence. Alabama has gotten better at that, especially on pass defense. And what ways can we, in what creative ways can we do to get to the quarterback and Kyle Trask? Because one thing that we that I'm starting to kind of look at, Kyle Trask doesn't really play well when he's pressured a lot. He doesn't yeah. play well. He kind of hesitant. His footwork is kind of off, is, is a little bit off balance. And, you know, when he plays well, he has a clean pocket. And I give Florida's offensive line a lot of that credit. Um, but what kind of creative ways can Pete Golden come up in order for us to get to the quarterback? 
Yeah, we're on the line with Jarek right now from Buffalo. Call in line is open, 205-850-0883. Uh, see the callers in the call queue. We'll get to you guys in, in just a few. But I think you're right, uh, Jarek. When we kind of look at uh, this particular matchup, I think you bring up kind of a scary point in the fact that Kyle Pitts versus Daniel Wright, um, that's a mismatch. I mean, there's no two ways about it. Now, I think that DeMarco Hellams versus Kyle Pitts, I mean, anyone really versus Kyle Pitts could be a match. Yep. Uh, mismatch just because I, you know, we've talked about him before. I feel he's one of the most dynamic um, kind of tight end wide receivers, whatever you want to call it in, in college football, maybe the best one. Um, I, I like the fact that DeMarco Helms can kind of come up and lay the wood. Now, does he have the top end speed? Doesn't. Um, but it comes down to who can make plays uh, against Pitts. I, I think that's kind of an interesting um, matchup. And then I think you're right. I mean, what I noticed against LSU is they were kind of coming out with some blitzes that we hadn't seen before. I saw Joe Job off the edge. I saw uh, Daniel Wright get into the quarterback as well. So if they can continue to get pressure on Kyle Trask, then I think Alabama certainly has the edge just because I think that offense is so balanced that Alabama's had. And I don't really see Florida having the defense uh, to stop uh, Alabama on, on the other side of the ball. Uh, Jarek, I got to run to my next caller. I always appreciate the dialogue, man. Congratulations to your Buffalo Bills. Um, they beat the 49ers, you know, heads up. That was the strangest uh, opening drive for both teams getting stuffed on the oh, one. Yeah, I was man. laughing so hard when I was texting you, man. But uh, thank you so much for calling in and uh, I'll catch up with you next time. All right, Kyle, no problem. <laughs> All right, take it easy. Uh, my good buddy, uh, Jarek, out in uh, Buffalo. I want to play you a, a quick uh, soundbite before I get to my next uh, caller. And um, we just heard from uh, Nick Saban. And, uh, you know, you can watch that press conference right here on our Bama Insider YouTube channel. But talked about one of, you know, my favorite players since I've been uh, covering the Alabama Crimson Tide, Jalen Hurts. I mean, when I first moved here, uh, Jalen Hurts was kind of getting things going and uh, he was actually coming off a loss. And to see kind of how, um, you know, his story is like a movie. You know, I'll never forget being... Um, on the sidelines when he scored the t the game-winning touchdown against Georgia in, in the SEC championship game when he came back. want to pipe in uh, that sound real quick of uh, Nick Saban talking about Jalen Hurts, and then I'll take my next call. Coach, thank you so much for taking the time. My question involves uh, Jalen Hurts, who will be starting for the Eagles this week. Due to COVID, we haven't had a chance to meet him. It's all been virtual like this. So I, I really don't know much about him, haven't had a chance to talk to him other than these brief encounters. What can you tell us about his character, his leadership? And then he's walking into a unique situation where he's going to play for an established starter. And it's sort of a shoe on the other foot from what happened during his time with you guys. Uh, can you talk to us a little bit about how he handled that situation? Thank you. Well, the guy's got great character. Uh, he's as fine a person as we've ever had in the program. Uh, he's a very good leader. Uh, he's a hard worker. Uh, was well liked by his teammates. Um, winning was important to him, and he wanted to do whatever he had to do to, you know, try to help his team have a chance to win. And, um, you know, I think he probably went through a much more difficult circumstance here um, in terms of being 26 and two or whatever he was as a starter, uh, and then somebody else starting in his place. And then he had to take that person's place in the SEC championship game and go in and win the game uh, and come from behind, you know, to do it. Uh, so uh, he's been in a lot of tough circumstances and he was very supportive uh, when he was the guy. He was supportive of the guy behind him. When that guy became the man, he was very supportive of him when he had to sit behind him. 
And he was um, also worked really hard uh, in the backup role so that he could improve and get better uh, so that he would have a chance to play in the NFL someday. And he really took advantage of that. So when he went to Oklahoma, I thought he was a better passer and really did a lot of things really, really well. So um, this is as good a person. And I feel bad for you all in Philadelphia if you haven't had a chance to meet him because uh, he's a guy that's really easy to fall in love with, that's for sure, because he's a great person. He's got a great family. All right. That Thanks, was uh, Jeff Spiegel next. That was Nick Saban. And uh, that was on um, that was just a few minutes ago, actually. Let me uh, get some footage going up and then I'm going to take uh, Sean from Huntsville. This is uh, this is actually footage from Monday that I didn't play. Um, but let me turn this down and I'll take uh, our next caller. We got Sean from Huntsville. Hey, Sean, I appreciate you being uh, patient on the line. Thank you very much for calling in. Uh, what's on your mind, man? Good to hear from you. Hey, Kyle, how you guys doing, man? Doing great, man. Just blessed, man. You know what I'm saying? Just, just, yeah. en just enjoying, honestly, just enjoying life, enjoying the college football season. I, I know there's a there's so many people out there that didn't even think we'd get to this point. So sometimes I just kind of like lay back and just be thankful yeah. that we're at this point. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we're we're getting close to the last game of the regular season. We're getting closer to the SEC championship, man. There's a lot to be thankful and a lot to talk about, man. So you're on the show, man. Come on, come with it. I know you're going to bring it. Yes, sir. It is, man. I agree with you wholeheartedly. I agree with you wholeheartedly, man. Definitely thankful. I wanted to give a couple of key points on Florida, if I possibly could, and then run real quick into Arkansas. As far as Florida, uh, this will be the, 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 probably the most multiple offense that we've seen. Uh, these guys have several pass threats that they use. Um, I mean, I know Cal Pitts is dangerous, but they have several other guys that they use, that, that that they get open. They run a lot of high-low routes to get them guys open. They put Pitts in the slot a lot and match him up on the safeties. Uh, I sort of disagree with Jarek, respectfully, from Buffalo. Uh, he's correct right about, to me, as far as Daniel Wright. Daniel Wright, he struggles in, in um, run, run as far as um, defense on the run a lot. He does struggle, man. He struggles in pass coverage as well. But what I will say, Helms is a more physical safety, more in your Landon Collins mode against the run. But what I will say, Helms struggles on deep passes. And Daniel Wright, if you look at it, Daniel is actually in good position. He's always around, He's always there. He just doesn't make the play. He gets caught flat-footed a lot on routes. He's always right there in the hip pocket. I'm not sure if he doesn't have the foot speed or he stays in phase too long. I'm not sure what it is because I hadn't seen him practice. But Daniel is always around the ball. He just doesn't make the play. He just does not make the play. Um, Helms scared me in pass coverage. You know, as far as against the run, Helms is physical. He reminds me a lot of Landon, man. Very, very physical, inside leg. Very, you know, very physical safety, man. He, he scares me when he get caught on the hash. So when he get caught on the hash and have to man up on a receiver in the slot, it scares me because he, he, he's not the best against pass coverage. And we're going to need our best pass coverage safeties against this team. Uh, Florida run a lot of quick routes, a lot of three-step drops, and get the ball out extremely fast. That's one thing Kyle Trash does well. They put him in a lot of situations where he get the ball out quick. It's going to be interesting to see if Bama plays um, – if they play zone or if they man him up on third and long. It's going to be very, very interesting. Um, if we get pressure on him, I think that like like in the greens with Jerick, with, uh, Jer I think that will be the best thing. But it's going to be very interesting to see how our safeties do against their other receivers in the slot, you know what I mean, on crossing routes and things of that nature. Yeah, um, if, I, you really, if you really look at it, their offense does a lot of the same pass concepts as Ole Miss. 
lot of crossing routes, a lot of crossing routes, a lot of high lows, a lot of pick routes. Um, it's going to be extremely interesting, but I think what's going to offset that is our run game. I think our run game will be key in this matchup. Yeah, I, I think uh, I really like your points because when I look at the Alabama secondary, and we're on the line with Sean from Huntsville, call line is at the bottom of the screen. Uh, when I look at Alabama's defensive secondary, I like Patrick Sertan. I like Josh Job. I feel that those guys are very physical corners, right? They match up well with a mm -hmm. lot of teams. Um, when exactly. I look at the star position, I like Malachi Moore. Yes, he's young, but he's played at a very high level to the fact that I, mm -hmm. you know, I think we're all very impressed with him. I mean, he's played over 500 snaps this season. That says a lot. I mean, that, that's just an incredible number when you kind of peel it back. But when you look at the safeties, right, I feel good with Jordan Battle, but the, the guys we keep kind of going back and forth on is DeMarco Helms and Daniel Wright, in which each of those right. guys bring, whether that's in man or zone coverage. Um, and, and I'm kind of with you. The thing that makes me nervous about DeMarco Helms is he just doesn't have that top end speed. And then sometimes I exactly. feel Daniel Wright isn't physical. And then sometimes I see him come up and make a tackle. So I have no mm -hmm. idea. He's, he's very up and down. And these guys from Pro Football Focus, my goodness, they grade him out at the bottom of the barrel. I mean, these are former right. college coaches and NFL coaches, you know, who who have a high IQ when they watch the actual game. And I think that says mm -hmm. a lot because you can kind of pair up the top Pro Football Focus grades with who Alabama names as the player of the week. I mean, you can see who the player of the week is going to be if you look at the Pro Football Focus analytics on Sunday. Um, mm -hmm. I think those are some some interesting cues to watch for uh, going into this uh, particular game in the SEC championship. Now, tell me this, Sean. Do you feel that Alabama's pass rush has improved enough, and, and will the pass rush be a factor against Florida during the SEC championship? I think so, man. I think Chris Allen and, um, and Will Anderson both have improved greatly. I think those guys, they, they know how to play their leverage very, very well. You can definitely tell they're scheming up the different things now, not just have that basic pass rush. And that is going to be absolute key in this game because this is a quarterback that can help, that can um, hurt us. This quarterback can hurt us, man. They have a lot of threats on the outside, a lot of threats. So we have to get pressure on this guy. But then again, I have seen teams zone him up too. Texas A&M played a lot of zone on him and their secondary is nowhere near as talented as Alabama. So scheme will be, absolute key to this game. I think the run game is going to kind of offset that. Um, if I could real quick, um want the fans to really be pulling for the team this this week, man, because Arkansas, if you ever heard of a trap game for us this year, trust me and believe this is it. Arkansas, while their record doesn't show it, they're very, 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 very efficient in what they do. But what they do, it's their last game. Coach Pittman is an extremely good coach. He's an even better motivator. Um, they have great game plans for all their opponents. They're going to be ready for Alabama. I don't want this to turn into a huge fight. I hope we get out, pull away, and do what we usually do. But we definitely don't need to look over Arkansas because this game could turn into a fight for us because they're very well coached, man. They're not as talented as some of the teams we played, but this may be one of the most well-coached teams we played. Think about Missouri, the, physical, the physicality that Missouri brought. Arkansas is just as physical. They're very, very, very physical, man. So we got to be honest and, and, and take this game seriously and put our foot on the gas and do what we need to do. And uh, I'll say we'd be all right, man. What do you think, Kyle? Yeah, I, I think I think you're absolutely right about Arkansas. I mean, Sam Pittman was certainly the right coach for them to go after. I mean, that, you talk about I don't like the, the South Carolina hire. That's just my opinion. But I love the Arkansas right. hire. You know, I, I think they hit a home run. And I think, you know, I, look, 
Arkansas, it's going to take time. I don't know how much time they're going to give these coaches in this day and age, but man, I really like him. I think he is a great coach. And, and look, he said this, he, he knows what, what's coming against Alabama. These guys have nothing yeah. to lose. They're going to play their Super Bowl for their senior day and they rightfully should. Um, Arkansas, look, I don't think it's going to be a trap game for Alabama because Nick Saban does such a good job at dialing these guys in, like I said, uh, at the beginning right. of the show. But Arkansas is very capable to make things interesting, to keep things interesting for longer than people expect. I'm serious. I, I know exactly. you kind of look o- overlook Arkansas and people want to talk about Florida. I get it. I do too. But let's just be Me patient too. because 11 a.m., Alabama has to take care of everything on all sides, uh, offense, defense, special teams, because they need a victory. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens against uh, Arkansas. Anything else, uh, Sean, while you're on the line? Is that what time the game is? 11 a.m. It's 11 a.m. kickoff? Yeah, it's 11 a.m., man. We're finally oh going to – I can't even believe yeah. it because I, I don't cover, like, um, early games. So I was already talking yeah. about the misses about maybe taking her out on a date night, you know. So And those don't yeah, come exactly. often during the football season. So uh, we'll have to see. Man, listen, 11 a.m. kickoff. Uh, <laughs> they know what they're doing, man. We just got to take care of business, man. I feel like the guys will be just fine. Coach Saban knows exactly – what we what we're talking about, he's dialed in, and with the senior leadership that we have, with all those guys, Landon, Devontae, and, and Najee, and Alex, I don't think they're gonna let nothing crazy happen, man. So shout out to everybody in the chat, shout out to Bone. I left you guys a little message today on the website, and um, you know you guys do a great job, Kyle, and as always, we will continue to support. All right, thank you very much, Sean. I appreciate it. That's Sean. Uh, calling in from Huntsville, one of our uh, favorite callers. Anytime I get Jarek and Sean back to back, man, I feel I'm in a good spot. You know what I'm saying? Those are those are my guys. Uh, they're always bringing it. So um, I, I love kind of the dialogue that they bring from the schematic standpoint. So those are my I, like if I'm a baseball coach, that's my number one hitter and that's my number two or my number three. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. Alabama versus Arkansas will be at 11 a.m., which will be interesting for a lot of us. Right. That cover the Alabama Crimson Tide because we're used to seeing them play, you know, whether that two thirty to six or, you know, the, the seven o'clock, the night games. I know you love Hotel California. What's up? I love Hotel California. Shout out to the Eagles. I, I love the Eagles. Um, but you know, those late games, they, they pay, you know, toll. <laughs> All right. We're going to take our next caller, uh, right now. We got Robert from, uh, Mobile, Alabama wants to talk about Ohio state research receiving special treatment. I can't wait to hear this call. <laughs> Robert, what's up, buddy? Hey man. Hey, you remember back in 2015 when, uh, Alabama lost to Ole Miss and because we couldn't figure out if we wanted to spot Jacob Coker or, or, uh, what's the guy named Cooper Bateman? <laughs> if you can remember that name, <laughs> and, and we lost the game because they put they wise up and brought in Coger a little too late, and we had to spend the last the whole whole year listening to all the analysts on ESPN because at that point the college football playoff was relatively new, and Alabama could not get into the playoffs unless uh, Ole Miss lost two games so we can get into the SEC championship game. We couldn't get play. If we couldn't get in our championship game, couldn't be in the college football playoff. Then the next year, 2016, Ohio State loses to Penn State, and they don't play in their conference championship. But all of a sudden, that conference being in the conference championship didn't really matter anymore. It was well, body of work, body of work, and Ohio State body of work was just enough. Even though they didn't play in the conference championship, although you said Alabama had to play in theirs, uh, <laughs> Ohio State got in anyway, and. Okay, and of course they proceeded to get boat raced by uh, Clemson, thirty-one to nothing, because <laughs> they weren't that good of a team. 
But they had to get Ohio State in. And now here we are in 2020. And that, that Ohio State doesn't have a cupcake schedule. They have a pancake schedule. There's not even enough fluff in their schedule for me to call it a cupcake. It's a flat pancake schedule of how easy it was. Because what would LSU do, Kyle, with Ohio State schedule? Would they have? A, would they be a, a team with a losing with losing record right now if they played in the Big Ten? <laughs> I think not. <laughs> Yeah, that's a, that's a that's a good point. You kind of take, you know, some teams from the SEC. Let's take Tennessee, for example, right? I mean, what would their record be? You know, and, and look, I didn't come up with this, but Tom Deanhart, who is good friends with Mick Gillespie, brought this up uh, today on Twitter, and I thought it was an excellent point, okay? Let's just kind of reverse roles and say that Ohio State was 6-1 and one with a loss to Indiana, and Indiana um, was 5-0. and oh. it, Would the Big Ten be rearranging r- rules for Indiana? The answer is absolutely not. Point is, they no. want they they want Ohio State because Ohio State is the headline click, right? They want Ohio State because they want a taste of that uh, playoff revenue, which they always get, right? And when they and and I talked about this before. I mean, this is on the Big Ten. They didn't have to postpone the season. They could have started up the season no. or at least just kind of taken the route that the SEC, the ACC, and the Big 12 did. And now look where we're at. And now they're breaking the rules. They're going to vote in favor for Ohio State to play um, because of a tiebreaker rule. So they're going to get to play Northwestern. They're going to beat Northwestern. Even though Northwestern is kind of salty, I, I, that would be amazing to see. But Ohio State and Texas A&M, they even have an opportunity to play right now. I know it won't work. Um, they won't go for it. But wouldn't that be amazing to see? At, at least that would when that would give us a, not a bad taste in our mouth that okay you, you get to play a pathetic a pancake schedule and you only play five games of it and you and you ain't playing the conference championship but you get to just walk into the, at least they played a and m and was eligible then to play in their conference championship game you wouldn't feel so bad about the, or them playing the uh, Hawkeye playing fewer games. Than the uh, than Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, all the other schools that are in there. Uh, but nope, 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 because they, they can't do that because they, then they they wouldn't allow Nebraska to schedule an out of conference game to make up for one of their games. Once yeah. they, uh, I believe. <laughs> so now you can so so even if you did want to schedule Texas A and M, that means you have to break another rule <laughs> to put Texas A and M in there. So, so you get to break the rules for Ohio State, and it's really getting to be just ridiculous of the i mean it's wrong it's, it'd be one thing if they wouldn't be screaming all this at alabama i can remember a couple of years ago when the tour was playing for alabama they were talking about our strength of schedule wasn't all that good and who's alabama played who's alabama beat notice how they're not mentioning any of that with ohio state anymore now strength of schedule doesn't matter and uh we heard one commentator here say well Heck, if that's the rule or the new rule, you, you, all you have to do is just look really good, beating a few teams or a few some of these teams. Well, then why don't Alabama just schedule five cupcakes, skip the rest of their season, <laughs> beat <laughs> on them horribly, and then just and uh, the SEC declare them SEC champs or put them in the SEC uh, champs and just let them go to the playoff, to playoff every year. Let me ask you this, Robert. When we look at Ohio State just as a team, I'm sure you've watched them. I've watched them a couple times this season. I've watched them against uh, Michigan State. I watched them against Nebraska in the opener. Um, 
I feel they're a good team, right? I, I don't feel that we have a lot of data points to kind of compare them um, to other teams. And maybe somehow the college football playoff committee will feel the same thing. But I, I doubt that because they they have a high um, ESPN, you know, predicts them with like an 85% chance to make the playoffs. And if they beat Northwestern in the Big Ten, there's no way that they get left out. Do you think they are at least a, a quality team. Do you think they match up with let's let's say Clemson um, or Notre Dame at this point? I mean, are, in I guess are, are they better than Texas A&M because Texas A&M beat Florida? So you know when you're comparing maybe Ohio State, Texas A&M, Florida, do you? I mean, where do you put them? I think they could be. I think they, they from what I've seen, yeah, they look like they could be a top four team. But uh, but uh, like you said, that's why you play the game. Uh, in the NFL, the Steelers look like they should have been miles or better than the uh, Washington Redskins. But, but the Washington Redskins won. That's why you put, and Bumman, and uh, the year that Penn State beat Ohio State, you ever, the, the smart money was on Ohio State, but Penn State won. So the old, the old thing, you got to play the games for for everybody to know you're better. It's right, instead of us just thinking you're better. Right now, we have to think they're better because they haven't played enough games for us to know they're better. And you know, playing a—I tell you what—it would have been nice is for them to the, the for college to just scrub all the championship games and just go with the 18 playoff. And I saw the brackets of what it would be if it was the straight 18 playoffs. It'd be Alabama versus uh, Coastal Carolina, uh, Clemson. I think would play the Florida, and the, uh, Ohio State would be playing Texas A&M. And I forgot what the last one was. Well, but that's I, what you have right now. Then nobody would have an argument with that. Well, this is how I had it. And I brought this up during our uh, playoff show on Tuesday. I just kind of quickly threw together, together a bracket. I left out Iowa State. But, you know, here's here's what the eight team would look like. Look, I'm not for this, but a lot of people have asked for it. So I, I threw one up. Alabama, Coastal Carolina, Ohio State, Texas A&M. You can play this weekend. Notre Dame, Cincinnati. And then three versus six would be Clemson versus Florida. Look, that would be an entertaining bracket. Um, should there be eight teams that make it? No, in my opinion, I just think there's four teams that are only worthy of the playoffs. Um, you know, it, that, that game against Coastal Carolina, I don't think Nick Saban will want to play add on more games. Um, but, you know, I, I think that, you know, from what we have right now, I mean, if Ohio State is able to, to win out um, here, you see right now that uh, the all state playoff predictor has them at 85 percent chance um, to make the playoffs. Uh, what, what else you got, Robert, as a. Um, as, oh, uh, real quick, you, you guys were talking about the uh, the uh, Arkansas game. Um, I think the, Arkansas will make it interesting for a while. At, maybe if Alabama comes out with it, which we, they could come out with the uh, we don't want to, we just don't want to get hurt at you know mentality in this game. But, but that's the, the most Arkansas will be able to do, and that's only if Alabama comes out. You know, we'd be with the that mentality of, okay, let's go through the motion. Let's get put them away as quick as we can, and let's not get hurt. And that's going to be hard. To go, that should be the mentality because, I mean, you you look – it's so hard not to look past them. But the, a loss, it, no, that's not going to happen. It's not on the cards. But yeah, it, it could have game last longer than we hope, than we would like. Yeah, maybe three quarters, four maybe. And think about this, Robert, and we were talking about this during our team meeting today here at Bama Insider. We were, you know, I was with Mick, I was with Andrew, we were Tony, kind of game planning for next Wednesday. And think about this. Next Wednesday is signing day, right? Alabama, Nick Saban's trying to close the door on 22, 23 guys to get them all to sign, right? Next Wednesday. 
a lot of other programs, yeah, it's the same signing day, but Nick Saban's also gearing up for the SEC championship game. Imagine how stressful that's got to be for Nick kind of going into, you know, that next week. You know, you got Arkansas. You want your team lasered in on that. You're trying to close the door on additional five-star recruits. You got this early national signing day on Wednesday. You're also gearing up for uh, Florida, you know, who is dangerous, as we've talked about. So, so much on the plate of Saban. But, you know, he's the master at kind of organizing stuff and attention to detail. But that's a lot coming his way. Um, any uh, any additional thoughts before we let you go on uh, the Florida Gators and Alabama as we kind of look to the SEC championship game? Oh, yeah. Um you asked about the, uh, our pass rushers, and the, the guy previous called brought, brought up, yeah, the the, uh, the the two the guys are coming on really strong down the stretch, and that's really good. Uh, I think they should they can get the pressure on uh, on on Florida's quarterback to make him you know maybe uh, to make him maybe not throw interceptions, but at least you know get some stops, and that would be key. And of course, my, I've been saying this from the get go, uh, Najee Harris down the stretch, grinding games out. That's going to be Alabama's uh, advantage over anybody left in the playoff and beyond. Where this time of the year, you want you, you need a, you need a stud running back that can get you that three four yards in a cloud of dust when you need to keep the ball from the other team. And and we have the best with Najee Harris right now. All right, man, good talking with you. All right, thank you very much, Robert. Take it easy. All right, that's Robert, our good buddy from uh, Mobile. Coming to you from uh, Tuscaloosa, Alabama. My name is Kyle Henderson. Definitely hit the thumbs up, like, and subscribe. We appreciate you being here. We appreciate you being part of the channel. Uh, turn on the subscription so you can get notified every single time we drop a video right here on Bama Insider. Of course, all the coverage back at BamaInsider.com. My name is Kyle Henderson. If you're new to the show, hit the thumbs up. Super Chats, definitely appreciate it. We got weekly content lined up for you. Um, you can always uh, re-watch our shows. And, of course, we just uploaded Nick Saban to our YouTube channel right here on uh, Bama Insider. We're going to take our next call. And uh, we got Philip uh, calling in from beautiful Tuscaloosa. We'll take the call right now. Hey, what's up, Philip? How you doing? Appreciate you calling in, what's man. What's going on? No, no, what's going on? How, how, how you doing? Doing great, man. I, as I was saying kind of earlier to Sean out in Huntsville, man, I'm just kind of enjoying it because I think we got to this, you know, point in the beginning of the season where people were uncertain that we'd even get to this point. And now that Alabama is looking to play their 10th game of the season uh, this coming Saturday and then the SEC championship, man, I'm just grateful to to continue to have college football because, you know, as you know, it always goes so quickly, but kind of to be where we're at right now, it's great to kind of just step back and enjoy, um, you know, the weekly matchups, man. But what's up with you? I, I'm glad to see you're in in Tuscaloosa today was a beautiful day. My goodness. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a beautiful day. But um, I'm 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 pretty good, man. I I, I appreciate that the season came to an end. I knew it would. Um, once we got about midway, I kind of figured that they would do anything that they could to keep us to keep the schedule going. Now, what I'm really surprised about is that the SEC didn't have an outbreak like uh, the Big Ten has has had, and you know other other conferences that I've seen. You know, because it was a couple. I think it was on the one game that's been, um, it's been canceled all together in the SEC out of all the games that we were scheduled to play. So that was, yeah, that's a blessing. That's a huge blessing. Yeah, I, I think. Um, give me a second, Philip. I'm going to add some uh, B-roll. Just one second. You're going to hear some some sound real quick. Um. 
Yeah, you know, and I've always kind of thought about that as well. It's kind of when you look at the SEC, and, and granted, there's been some games that have been postponed. Um, none have been canceled, and kind of credit to Greg Sankey for allowing, um, you know, that to be, you know, allowed to be, you know, for games to be rescheduled, whereas the Big Ten and other conferences, they didn't have those windows. So if he's done, you know, uh, anything right this year, and I, I know a lot of people have kind of a negative perception of kind of his overall view but, um, you know, he's allowed these games to be rescheduled, which has been great. Now, look, we, we all have to get to the Arkansas game. We all have to get to the SEC championship oh. game. And as you know, things are fluid. And these players test every single day along with the coaches. And by the way, Nick Saban said that the coaches, that the four coaches that missed this last game should be back by this Friday. But, you know, there's, you know, COVID is something that, you know, we, we can't seem to escape. It doesn't seem like it's going away anytime soon. So we'll just continue to navigate from that. Uh, what else you got, Philip? No, I was um, I had called uh, at the first beginning of the season, and uh, we had kind of talked about Devontae Smith and uh, playmakers in the secondary. And I just wanted to, you know, now that the season's over, and I got a full slate of games that I've seen so far. I just want to talk to you about that. You know, De Devontae Smith is the best player in college football. Malachi Moore is the best freshman in college football, and I'm not necessarily worried about Kyle Pitts and everybody else. The last at the end of the LSU game, I seen all I needed to see. Ed Gilbert is probably the most talented tight end in the, in college football. Yeah. You know, and, uh, Patrick Sertain just went up, and, you know, a little boy. You know, now I know Kyle Pitts. You know, he's more of a developed player as far as you know playing games and getting reps in in the SEC. But uh, I think I'm not necessarily as worried about Florida being a threat as other people are. Yeah. Um, well, Philip, thank you very much for calling. I, I think, first of all, Devontae Smith, what he's been able to do um, throughout his entire career, just not this season, um, has been really remarkable. He's going to be a player that I think we kind of, you know, look back on and miss kind of like that um, the, the Jalen Hurts or the Tua Tunga Wailoa, right? Like when those players leave, like you just miss watching them suit up for the Alabama Crimson Tide because you love and appreciate the respect that they put in off the field to shine on Saturday. Um, Devontae Smith, I think we got a, a taste of it during his freshman season when he caught the natty and everything that he's done up to this point. I mean, look, he's surpassing Amari Cooper. He's surpassing, uh, you know, Julio Jones, all these guys in terms of stats and kind of the notoriety that he's putting on at Alabama. Who would have thought that after Alabama lost Henry Ruggs and Jerry Judy that you have, you know, Devontae Smith just step up another 1,200-yard season? I mean, how many touchdowns is he going to catch for, right? I mean, he's already at 16 total touchdowns. I mean, could he get, you know, 25? 30 who knows i mean there's still a lot of football left and then you hit on malachi moore malachi moore just an incredible freshman over 500 snaps um right out of the birmingham area and to see how he's kind of blossomed from the start to the end of the season has been fantastic a lot of people feel he's kind of like a mini uh, minka fitzpatrick i love that kind of comparison because he plays um you know at, at such a high level love what he brings to the table overall so yeah. um you know there's a lot to be positive and, and to be thankful about when you look at kind of you know malachi and Devonte, and then with kyle Pitts, look, the kid is incredible. I mean, he just completely brings it. Um, he's going to be tough to stop for anybody in college football. And I think just like you said, you know, Malachi, uh, I'm sorry, Eric Gilbert and uh, Kyle Pitts kind of cut from the same cloth. And, and how about um, some Jalil Billingsley? He's kind of like a younger version of those guys, maybe. Um, it'd be interesting to see, even though I think he might be the same age as Eric Gilbert. I'll have to check on that. But um, any anything else, man? Give me your final thought, Philip. Oh, well, you know, final thoughts, I would say um, hopefully Sark is around for another few years. 
because um, I think he's been he's been a key to the offense be, being what it is. I think defense, as far as uh, our D line, if our D line starts to come on a little bit more, I'm not saying like uh, we get a little bit more inside inside pass rush like from uh, DJ Dale and uh, other guys. Um, I think we'll be I think we'll be even more elite. I think it's coming because the light turned on for Will Anderson, the lights turned on for Chris Allen. The lights turned on for Chris I mean, Christian Harris. I think everybody on the defense is playing well. There's just a couple guys, like, you know, Coach always say, you know, one guy missing assignment or one guy make a false move in the defense that we play, it kind of throws off everything, you know. So if we can get our communication down a little bit better, you know, we could be faster as far as getting that message out to the team, to, to guys, that's a touchdown off from the LSU game. And um, if we can get more of a pass rush from the from the inside, so that quarterbacks when they step back up into the pocket, they don't have more time. And I probably say that's that's about it. Oh yeah, and uh, uh, what's our wide receiver coach name? He deserves a lot of Holman uh, Wiggins. Higgins. Higgins, yeah, he he's he's absolutely amazing, absolutely amazing. <laughs> but that, yeah, that's all I got to say. Though. All right, I'll let you have. All right, thank you, thank you, Philip. We appreciate it, man. Thank you for calling in. Um, that was Philip from beautiful Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Hey, Hotel California, we see you in the comment box, man. It's all good. Got love for you, man. Just keep it clean. It's all good. Um, next on the line, we got a, a couple more uh, callers, and and I see you guys inside the comment box talking about Bryce Young. I see you guys talking about Paul Tyson, the younger quarterbacks at Alabama. I know that we talked about. Uh, Bryce Young earlier in the week, I put up a video kind of asking about uh, your assessment. I mean, the kid hasn't even thrown 20 times. I get that. But he was um, Nick Saban was asked about uh, Bryce Young. So I wanted to get a video to kind of just pair it up with that and just kind of get some early observations. But again, only 95 snaps. He's only thrown the ball 18 times. So in my opinion, let's get him uh, more of a sample size before I want to see him throw 100 you know, 150 balls before we can really make an assessment on him. Uh, right now, we're going to take our next call. And we got Skip from Tennessee. Uh, wants to talk about the Arkansas game coming up and um, Florida, of course. So uh, <laughs> let's see what we got from Skip in Tennessee. Skip, what's up, man? What's up, man? Thanks for taking my call. Jeez, I, <laughs> I don't even know what to say after all these good calls, man. Between you and the callers, y'all got it covered, man. <laughs> uh, this is best, best Bama show on the net for sure. But, uh, as far as Arkansas, man, uh, you know, I think we'll take care of business. I mean, that's obvious. But I think Najee needs to get geared up for this Florida game because he's going to be the guy with that offensive line that can, you know, limit the possessions that Florida can get, you know, so they don't lie there. It's not like a track meet. Yeah. So just keeping him healthy. But, you know, and also I'm going to be watching the physicality in the game because the LSU game, the boys are ready for blood. They had blood. They had taste of blood in their mouth. They just came out there wanting to whip them boys, and uh, you know, trying to match that intensity from week to week. I mean, it is tough, even for teams like Alabama. And you know, I know they're big favorites, but they got to come out smashing boys. They got to come out with that same physicality they did to LSU. You know, don't let up, but you know, don't don't make it too complicated. You know, what I'm saying, get in, get out, get the W. You know, rest up, get to Florida. And uh, same thing with Florida. The, the man I'm going to be watching is Najee Harris in this game, with the Florida game. Same kind of form. they got to get in. Let the offensive line take over the game. You know, don't get too cute with the passing game. I know, we're, I know we're elite through the air, but when you're playing another team like Florida, you know what I'm saying, that can air it out and score their points like they do, the pass happy, you got to limit them possessions. 
and just grind at their defense, just make their defense quit. You know what I'm saying? And we got the offensive line to do it. Uh, what do you think about that kind of formula? Do you think we're going to go with that kind of formula the next two games? Yeah, I love this, Skip. Great, great call, by the way. And I appreciate you calling into the show. And thank you for um, your words on the show. You know, we try to provide a lot of content here on Bama Insider. So uh, thank you very much. I, I love that. I mean, getting Najee Harris. And one thing that I really like about Alabama's offensive attack, besides that offensive line, is the ability that Steve Sarkeesian has to really make this team um, balanced, right? We we saw in the right. beginning of the game, and this goes right to your point, right? Alabama put up 45 points against LSU, right? And I mean, they did it pretty much at will. They had drives of 116, 117. I mean, it's getting to the point where Mac Jones was just tossing it up to Devontae Smith touchdown. But in the second half, what Alabama did is what they could do to Florida if they wanted to, is they controlled that time of possession, right? Um, you could mm -hmm. distribute the football to Najee Harris. And Najee Harris is clearly a back that can carry the football 25 to 35 times if he needed to. I know 35 times, that sounds ridiculous. Um, but you get what I'm saying, maybe 20 times more realistically mm -hmm. and, and really carry the rack the rock and, and kind of um, take the air out of the game. And Alabama has the ability to do that. I don't think, um, you know, that Alabama wants to get in kind of one of those old Miss games again, where they're having to go back and forth up and down the field. Mm -hmm. um, you just don't want to see that. I mean, it was 63 to 48 when we rewinded that game, Alabama had 750 yards of offense. I, I don't think Alabama wants to, to do that. And I think going into this game, Steve Sarkeesian will rely on Najee Harris, but you know, the other, the other thing is, if it does turn into a track meet, I still don't think that Florida will be able to outshoot Alabama because of the fact what you're just saying. Alabama is just too balanced. And if if Mac Jones can stay upright, if he can stay healthy, um, you know, they, they win either way. But do you take the air out of the ball or do you beat them in a shootout? Either way, it's kind of, you know, pick your poison with Steve Sarkeesian. Yeah, for sure. But uh, but yeah, even Brian Robinson, he running angry, man. He <laughs> run like he's mad at somebody. I like that. Like you get them two going with that offensive line. That's how you, that's how you got to ground them boys up. I mean, uh, the defense is pretty good. You know, Florida's defense is pretty good. But man, matched up with our offensive line. I mean, I, I think that's where we got the advantage. And as far as the inside pass rush, the other colors talking about that rotation that we got, that depth on the D-line. We just need to rotate them boys in, especially number 50. You know I like number 50. He a dog down there, <laughs> and uh, he, he hungry. He want to eat. Uh, let him eat. Let him feast. And uh, I think in this game, you might see him out there, you know, caught wreaking some havoc. And we got to hit Kyle Trask. Even when he lets that ball, even when he passes it, if we get to him, put him, put him on the turf. Put him on the turf. Hit, keep hitting him. Make him run. Make You know, make him run for his life back there like Bo Nix was. So. Uh, you know, if we do that, we grind them out with the run game, kind of stay balanced, but really just bring bring that physicality like we brought with LSU. You know, if we do that, I feel really good about this game. But, uh, uh, but yeah, Malachi Moore, we're going to see what he made of. Because you know they're going to try to put Kyle Pitts on him. They see a freshman out there. I know he's playing good, but they're going to put him on him, man. We're going to see what this kid's made of. And, you know, uh, really Kyle Pitts. To me, he kind of reminds me. I know this guy was a wide receiver, but you remember Mike Evans? Mm -hmm. He was at Texas A&M. Mm -hmm. Just that height and weight, just his ability. I know he's a wide receiver, but he reminds me a lot of him. Man. He got his, but uh, <laughs> I know they'll move him around a little bit, but uh, we'll, they're going to put him on the nickel. You know, They'll put him on some linebackers. That's, that's the matchup I'm more worried about. Kyle Pitts on our linebackers. You know, that's where I think he'll get most of his yards. But like I said, you know, they put him in that nickel. You know, we're going to see what Malachi Moore is made of him. He wins those battles, and I know this kid's legit. So, 
that's about all I got, man. It's a great show. I appreciate you taking my call and uh, roll tide, buddy. All right. Roll tide to you. Thank you very much, Skip. I appreciate the dialogue. Please call again next time. Um, great call. Love our callers. And man, the first time, you know, cause I, I'm not from SEC country, but the first time that I visited the great state of Tennessee, I was just blown away. I mean, it's such a beautiful state. Um, just, uh, this, this past spring break in March took my family up. We got a cabin with some of our friends here, uh, in Gatlinburg and my goodness, just such a beautiful place in this great country to go visit. There was plenty of things to do. I uh, went up, we took a ski lift kind of up to the mountains, went on this uh, brewery tour up there. It was just awesome. So always have a great time up in Tennessee. Um, okay. Next on the line, we got, um, Keith from Huntsville, um, Ohio state wants to talk about, um, that they don't deserve a spot in the college football playoffs. Keith, what's up, buddy? Hey, Kyle. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing so well. Thank you very much for joining us tonight. We appreciate the call. Um, everybody's been talking about Ohio State, including myself. We've all been kind of looking at that schedule, kind of wondering what's going to happen. I think the writing's on the wall. These guys are going to get into the playoffs. ESPN wants them in. The Big Ten wants them in. Um, you know, what's, your, what's your take on the 5-0 and Buckeyes? So are they going to change the rules? to get Ohio state in the playoff. Do you, I mean, I, I listened to a guy on the radio this morning and what if, what if Ohio state played uh, Texas A&M? Mm-hmm. I mean, why don't they play somebody? <laughs> really? They've only, I mean, what at five and oh, that's it. That's the only games they've played. Why don't they play somebody? Yeah, I mean, it, think about it. And, and we've talked about this before. Texas A&M, their game is postponed. Ohio State had their game canceled against Michigan. Um, those two teams are available. So you have the number four team and the number five team available uh, just days you know, you know, know, prior to this weekend. And you know, theoretically, we could see what Coastal Carolina and BYU did was just kind of man up and play on short notice. I, I would love to see those teams play. And I think those are the kind of the two teams that everybody has question marks about. And it would kind of settle itself because we know that only four teams, there's only, let's say there's only six teams that are really deserving to make the playoffs. And the one that we have a biggest question mark is about um, Ohio State. Look, if they go and take on Texas A&M and beat Texas A&M straight up, then I think we all would agree that Ohio State deserves a playoff spot, right? I would. I would be like, hey, look, they somehow, you know, five games, but they were able to beat Texas A&M who beat Florida, whatever. Let's get them in the playoffs. Okay. So be it. But now they're not going to play that game. And the big 10 is going to rearrange the rules so that they can play Northwestern in the big 10 championship game and then move on into the playoffs with only six games on the season. Now I put up the team comparisons prior to this uh, call and Alabama will have played 11 games. Same with Notre Dame, same with Clemson, whereas Ohio state will only play six games and get into the playoffs. What what do you th- what do you think about Notre Dame? Um, I mean, look, I, I've I've been critical of Notre Dame. Um, I've talked about that before. I, I think that Notre Dame is having a great season. I think what they were able to do, I mean, anytime you you um you string along this amount of games in a row, it's impressive to me, right? Um and I think everybody would say that as well. Um, but I think that in my opinion. I just don't think that Notre Dame is going to beat Clemson head to head when they play for the ACC championship game. And the, and the reason why is Trevor Lawrence, right? But also I kind of, when I looked at Notre Dame's schedule, there, there's glaring things that's, that jump out to me that I just don't like. Number one, 
Um, they were losing just recently, just recently in their 10th game of the season, they were losing to Syracuse seven to three in, after the first quarter. Could you imagine if that happened to Alabama against anyone on their schedule, much less to Syracuse? Could you imagine if yeah. Alabama and Syracuse played? That wouldn't even, I mean, it, it's almost ridiculous seeing Alabama play in the SEC competition. But to be down to Syracuse, a one and nine team, seven to three. And then I also point to the fact that Notre Dame only beat Louisville by 12, 12 to seven. That's five points. Look, if Notre Dame beats Clemson with Trevor Lawrence, they're clearly the next best team. But I still think if they match up with Alabama, they'll run into a buzzsaw. I don't like the matchup. I do think the quarterback is slippery. I think the defense is okay. But I just think that Notre Dame fans, um, they, they probably feel that their team is a little bit better than they actually are, in my opinion. I got you. Um, well, Kyle, I'll tell you what. I just got one more uh comment and um i'm gonna i'll get off so i can let other callers call in um mac jones um i, I he he's incredible i i tell you and i and i know smith smitty they call him smitty uh he's great too but i tell you mac jones has just been unbelievable i mean i'm just shocked yeah, you look at kind of what um, you know Mac Jones has has done. You look at what Smitty's done, and I actually have, um, I think this is updated. Um, I have the the three kind of uh, right now on the screen. Um, I have Devonte Smith, uh, Mac Jones, I have Kyle Trask up there, and you kind of look at the overall numbers and the production and the Heisman odds as well. Mac Jones recently took the Heisman uh, lead over Kyle Trask with a higher imp implied probability to win the award. Um, 3,100 yards, 27 touchdowns, three interceptions. Kyle Trask, 3,200 yards, 38 touchdowns, three interceptions. And then Devontae Smith, um, wow. I mean, 80 receptions for 1,300 yards and six, 16 touchdowns. Now, uh, check this out. When Amari Cooper, back in 2014, when he was nom nominated for the Heisman Trophy Award, he caught for 124 receptions that year. And he had 16 touchdowns. Now, look, I don't think Devontae Smith is going to catch for 120 receptions, but he's definitely going to surpass that 16 touchdown mark. So, I mean, you look at Devontae Smith has a game against Arkansas. He has a game against Florida. He has a playoff game. That's three more games for sure. If they play in the championship game, that's four more games, right? So overall touchdown wise, who knows what Devontae Smith is going to do. Just enjoy it because we're definitely watching greatness. Thanks for the call, Keith, and we'll catch up with you next time. Thanks, Kyle. All right, good buddy, uh, Keith, out in uh, Huntsville. I mean, can you imagine that? Think about this. How many more touchdowns? Let me know in the comment box. Do you think that Devontae Smith is going to record this year? Because sometimes they like to, to run Devontae Smith. And remember, he returns punts. Um, so maybe in, in some big game, let, let's say, I'm going to say this. One rushing touchdown on some weird run. Uh, uh, I'm going to go with a punt return for a touchdown. That's two, right? He'll be at 18 touchdowns by then. Um, you add on, what, seven more touchdowns? I mean, the, the guy's going to score a ridiculous amount of touchdowns and more than any other wide receiver will ever do, in my opinion, at Alabama. Okay. Uh, John saying eight more touchdowns. I, I'm, I think so. Skip saying 23. <laughs> think about that. That's a ridiculous amount of touchdowns. All right, we're going to take – we got two more callers, and then we'll uh, end the show. We got Waylon. From Northwest Alabama in three, two, one. Hey, hey, Kyle, how you doing tonight? Hey, Waylon, thank you so much for calling in. I really appreciate uh, you joining the show. I know you want to talk about uh, Ray Perkins, who passed away last night. Um, you know, his uh, 
that, that was big. You know, Nick Saban talked about uh, Coach Perkins and, um, you know, had some things to say about him that was um, paying his condolences early on. And um, why don't you start there? Because, you know, kind of when we look at, um, you know, the coach and the player, the All-American, the athletic director, I mean, talk about a guy who was completely well-established. I don't know anything else to put with it except for the great story your producer told me on the air. I'd, I'd like to talk to him a little bit more. We were about 14 miles apart <laughs> in town. We were born and raised in. So it's a small, small world, Kyle. i tell you what. But wow. uh, that was an amazing story told about Coach Perkins in the Big Oak Boys Ranch. He was a very generous man, of course. Uh, Coach Bryant was that way. He would have given you the shirt off his back. But uh, he was a straight-going guy, and Coach Perkins was that way. I got to meet him twice. I was very lucky. But uh, you could tell he wasn't going to take a whole lot of BS off of You could tell he'd give you the shirt off his back. I mean, you know, you could sort of – you can tell it don't take long to figure a person out after a few minutes. But uh, he was a legend at Alabama, no doubt. He'll be missed. And I saw Kerry Good on my Facebook page talking about him a lot. He's uh, – you know, Gabe Kerry was talking about the breaks. You know, he wasn't supposed to be there. Uh, coach Perkins wasn't supposed to be the coach of Alabama. A little skinny boy from Town Creek wasn't supposed to play at Alabama. That was a moving story Kerry had uh, put on Facebook. But uh, he'll be missed. And uh, we got a lot of good people watching over this team this year. I think they'll make it. Uh, this game against Arkansas, we, we want to hope uh, no COVID, no injuries, just sail on through. And uh, if Alabama doesn't play another game this year, you can think about it this way, and then I'll let you go. Well, it's been a blessed season if you only make it one more game. Of course, I hope they go all the way. I hope we get to play everything works out right. But uh, hey, you know what we've been through this year. What 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 are you what are they expecting, Kyle? Mm-hmm. It's been tough. It's been a tough year. Mm-hmm. It's been a real tough year, you know, for for the uh, families and people. This this COVID and the football players, and you know, they're talking about Ohio State and this and that. Well, that's fine. You know, I'm not an Ohio State fan, but um, how their season has been, I don't know. You know, it's been torn up with COVID-19. There, You know, the game canceled this weekend, Michigan-Ohio State. That's a pretty uh, significant ball game. It used to be in the past. I think it still is uh, to be canceled. At, um, you know, what's left to watch? I mean, I, I mean, you know, you got Alabama, of course, but, I mean, when you go to cutting ball games like that, it, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's it gets uh, – it's gets in the pocket of the revenue and everybody else. And it's, uh, it makes it a tough season. I think they need to cut a little break on some of these teams, or even LSU maybe. They might not have wanted to play Alabama. I don't think so after, you know, after what Alabama done to them. But anyway, you know, they've been ravished with COVID. Alabama's been a very fortunate football team this year. Hey, a few assistant coaches and Coach Saban's only – I don't think we've had – I think we had maybe a couple of players that got it. Is that correct? Am I thinking right? Yeah, there's been kind of a, a handful of players that have um, been dealt with COVID kind of throughout the course of the season. Um, I, I think a large majority actually got it before the season, and then there's kind of been some mini outbreaks uh, during the season. Most particular, I, I think it was against uh, Kentucky. Um, there was some non-starters that had COVID, but, you know, th- this team does daily testing, and, and now that we've seen Nick Saban had it, um, and then four assistant coaches recently had it and um you know it, this, this thing isn't going away just as you said and i think kind of to add to your point when you kind of step back and, and look at it as uh, just a, a general person not a fan and you see that ohio state and michigan is canceled it kind of really resonates what's really happening within this country um i mean th- this is 
these are big deals, right? That uh, games that are not happening. It's just, it's, it's mind blowing to see um, kind of the country going through this. It's sad because we, we love college football. We love for everybody to, you know, kind of have that pageantry that we love with college football. And um, you know, so I'm with you, you know, just, just grateful and blessed to just see, college football take place and hopefully we can continue to kind of you know navigate towards this through this difficult time absolutely that's what we need to look at we've had a like i said if we don't play another one it's been a blessed year but i think we will i hope we do everybody stay safe this weekend have a good weekend and uh we hope once again no injuries no covid for alabama this weekend and hope we get to meet florida over in atlanta i hope it um I think I don't. I don't think uh, Florida will be able to beat Alabama. I believe they'll give them a good football game, a couple of quarters. But I believe Alabama's too much talent, too deep, too in shape. I believe by the third or by the end of the third quarter, Florida will wish it never showed up. We'll see though. But anyway, thanks for taking the call, Kyle. Have a blessed holidays, happy new year, and we'll talk to you later on. Okay, my friend. All be right. safe. Thank you, Waylon. All right, our thanks. good our good buddy Waylon out in Northwest Alabama. I love when the calls. Um, you know, just like good vibes, right? We got to talk about people who have good vibes. Um, check this out. So Charles just asked an interesting question. We got one more caller and then we're going to end tonight's show. Um, let me, uh, let me see where he got it. He posts this on, um, the comment box. Can Mac Jones play another year? All right. I'm about to blow your mind with this. Okay. Mac Jones. Does anybody know how many more years that he can play at Alabama? You can play two more seasons if you wanted to, because this season doesn't even count. Now, a lot of people are asking, you know, can like Brian Robinson go into the NFL or these seniors going on? Look, this is a blanket waiver year, and Mac Jones is a redshirt junior, meaning this year doesn't even count. So he could come back next season in 2021 and play his redshirt junior season, which would be crazy. I don't think he will, but he could. And then he could also come back and play his 2022 season. So you could see Mac Jones here for a long time. I don't think that's going to happen, but it it could happen if if he really wanted to come back. I'm just saying uh, pretty crazy to think about it, but just note, note this going forward. It's a blanket waiver year, meaning that anybody who wanted to come back could come back. And uh, we got our final caller of the night. We're going to take it right now. Um, and that's Chris from Birmingham. How you doing, Kyle? What's up, Chris? How you doing, man? It's all good. You know, you know, you always, you always do as well talking about Bama football. Uh, let's see. I guess we really just want to discuss three things. Uh, first, I'll start off with uh, our issue. I feel like we have on our team. The issue is, I feel the issue really, all we really have left is just to play the perfect defensive game. Like uh, you, you can't have a feeling like we should. We should have held held them scoreless in in the last game. But, um, they, 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 but we still managed to like edge them edge them out. Anything though. Mm, and honestly, uh, pretty much, I guess that all starts up with well, so it starts up front with defensive line. If we can get it, if we can just get a get a consistent basis of pass rushes, um, and then not have a quarterback just sit back there and uh, play 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 jacks play jacks. Uh, we, we probably could actually be have our play our best game. As Coach Coach Saban look would love to tell us about uh, playing our best game. Um, Second would probably be a. Can you believe T. Bob Abaird's uh, rant he had on his show off the bench? I mean, I never seen something so rhetorically filled, um, something that's so nonsensical. 
pointless. And, and it's almost sort of like your projection, your inner, your inner feelings. He said that LSU right now said they're grease. They're 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 they they have art. They have they have a I guess a sense of this appreciation that Melvin has appreciated. Now, don't you appreciate? Don't you appreciate what we have? I guess. I mean, even if we aren't like winning, like aren't like winning, going to because he said apparently we 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 have a un, 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 unreachable goal, constantly just going um, to the to to the to the to the biggest game in the, in the, um, in the actual the, the college football playoff. I mean, the college, the national championship. And I'm like. We were happy last year. I thought, right? I mean, I mean, while being, I mean, obviously the ultimate goal is just is to win it all. But I mean, I I was settled with with the with 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 going ten and two in the regular season and, and, and beating khaki pants and in Michigan for 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 New Year's Six bowl game. How about you? I mean, <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, I mean, I, I you think, take uh, what you. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, you take what you, you take, you take, you take what you can have. I mean, you, you know, I will hope none of us, none of us are spoiled, Bama fans. I mean, uh, <laughs> I, it, it made no sense. Like, so, like, if you, if you, if anyone's seen Bama shop talk, I think Tony Brown put it the best. He and he said, um, a former Bama defense back said, "It ain't no fun in losing." <laughs> 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 right, and then you kind of kind of revert back to when you know Nick Saban was asked if he's tired, and he's like, "What? Tired of uh, tired of winning?" Right. So I mean, the the thing is, look, Alabama was on a completely different level from e- even you know a lot of these programs across the country, and that's why I keep saying, kind of pointing the finger at um, you know Notre Dame and kind of where um, Notre Dame is and where Alabama is. You look at you know where Texas A&M is, look where Alabama is. Look, I, I think when you kind of look on, on the graphic right here, I think Clemson is one. One of the only teams that has kind of um, maybe rivaled what Alabama has done over the last what three to five years, just because they're consistent um, up in up in the upper echelon. But none of these other programs are. And five more years to be that consistent, though. That's what I'm saying. I mean, that's a great point. I mean, look at look at what they've done under Nick Saban. I mean, that's why it's ridiculous. And you look at the fact that like LSU just last year, you kind of look at the season, this magical season that they had, and you know everything that's happening right now, just a complete train wreck, a complete travesty um, over in Baton Rouge, and and kind of the icing on the cake. um, You know, is Eric Gilbert opting out? I mean, that that's what Ed Orgeron said. He said he said this. That they're going to have to re-recruit um, Eric Gilbert, which is just mind blowing. I mean, I, I think you know landing spots. Definitely, Georgia fans are probably like, "Come on!" But the thing is, Georgia don't. I mean, do they have a quarterback to get him the football? That's maybe a, a different show for a different time. Um, Chris, give me your final thought, man, before we bell out. Final thoughts on the Arkansas game. I just really just we have to play our best ball here on out. Is just the roll to win, roll to win them all. The best. And the only real way to go is to start to start to be your very first opponent. You got to dominate on all facets of the game: special teams, offense, and defense. And uh, and, and honestly, most of us have fun out there. So I really can say. <laughs> all right, Chris. Well, thank you so much for ending the show, man. We appreciate it. Definitely calling next time. It's always great to hear from you. 
Same to you. Roll Tide, Kyle. All right. Roll Tide to our good buddy, uh, Chris, out in Birmingham. Well, fam, I appreciate it. Thank you very much for joining me um, on tonight's show. Uh, coming to you from beautiful Tuscaloosa, Alabama. I appreciate you guys hitting the thumbs up. Super chats always help. I uh, appreciate John behind the glass taking the calls and making sure that everything runs smoothly right here on BamaInsider.com. Got a ton more content coming your way throughout the week. We got Mick Gillespie and Andrew Blown coming to you tomorrow on Thursday, December 10th. Uh, kind of talking about from high school to the pros. And then remember next Wednesday is signing day. Alabama signing probably 22, 23 guys all in one day. We'll have that completely covered back at BamaInsider.com. Alabama 31-point favorite against Arkansas. That game will be Saturday at 11 a.m. Definitely join us for our early watch party. We'll have some brunch together. And then after um, the watch party is the post-game call-in show right here on BamaInsider.com. Hit the thumbs up, like, and subscribe. We appreciate you guys being here. Thanks for being a part of our almost 42,000 subscribers right here on YouTube. Have a beautiful night. And uh, I'll see you soon back at BamaInsider.com from Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Good night, everyone.